and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Price is Mind show. I am your host, as always, Sherry P., and I have a very invigorating and very special guest this evening for us to listen to and speak with regarding the seven key principles to empower dating. I know a lot of us have a lot of issues and questions regarding dating, and here's some helpful hints from Mr. Kenyon Martin, who will be on after our commercial shortly to give us some of those key principles to empower dating so we can try to make better choices, better decisions, and have a more productive and um, successful relationship. My disclaimers, as always, is the people on my show as special guests are here to provide what they have encountered, their experiences, and what their career path has led them to know. So please respect that of them, and any negative comments will not be tolerated. Um, we're all professional on what we are here to provide, so please respect that entity of us. And we will have a very great and um, awesome show. Um, I wanted to give out a shout-out to my YRN family. You can find the app if you're listening online. Um, the YRN app is in Google Play. I believe in, um, I'm not sure if it's on the, what is the iPhone stuff called, AT&T? Anyhow, um, I know it's on Google Play because I have it. So you can find the YRN1328 app that way. And you can listen to all of our awesome hosts, including myself, every Wednesday at 9 p.m. You have the beautiful Butterfly Show with B-Fly on every Tuesday and Thursday at 6.30 Eastern. You have the Anthony and B-Fly Show every other Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. You have the Conversations with Trent, as well as Lisa Tillman Page joining him every Friday at what time? 10 p.m., I believe, Eastern. And Ramiel L. Bay, you have his conscious vibe on every Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So there's always some time you can catch the YRN host hosting fabulous shows. Also on Saturdays you have um, your radio, your conversation, your radio, your conversation with Anthony and Trent on Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. So there go our spread. Be sure to check us out on the app um, on Blog Talk Radio slash Vibration Radio. If you listen online, you can call in at 347-326-9139. Be sure to press the number one to be into the queue so I can see that you're there and be able to bring you in to speak to myself or the special host for this evening. Without further ado, we're going to break for our first commercial break. And... Um, <clears throat> I wanted to say something else. Oh, yeah, happy 420 to all y'all celebrating 420 today. <laughs> How about that? But um, enjoy the festivities. Be aware that inhaling still puts you under the influence, which is a DUI charge. If you're caught by the police driving, it is DUI. So um, no matter how unread you get your eyes, if they have a... Uh, inkling that you're under the influence, you could be facing charges. So 420 safely, and be sure to stay right here with the Price is Mine show. I'm your host, Sherry P. We're going to break to the first commercial break, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Yes, it's finally here. It's official. Signed with Universal, Miss Renetta Mays. With You Got Me Open, 
live from Flame Studios, Vibration Radio, Taylor Kennedy Media, and of course, YourRadioNetwork.com. Buy that, cop that. Hell, I don't care if you burn that, but just support that. Miss Renetta Mayer, you got me open. Creative work of the author Trent Williams of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, Take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2, and Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. my own areas where 
I had issues. And actually, after um, a part of my life where I literally lost everything um, due to the relationship I was in and was really kind of thrown aback, I decided to step back, take account of myself, learn what's necessary, um, partnering um, uh, the, prag- the pragmatism between psychology as well as how God made us, and really start to delve deeper into what I did wrong. Uh, and taking accountability for myself. So with that being the, that being the case, I just began to help other people um, touch base, uh, touch people's lives regarding relationships. That became a quote-unquote ministry. I, I would rather say a point of service, if you will. And, um, and it's, been, uh, it's been exciting. And then eventually I just ended up writing a book uh, that kind of encapsulated all that I actually personally done myself and um, how I've talked to other people and how I've taught. And so since then, I've been able – I moved to Georgia, recently got married in February. And so um, with that, I've been able to speak to other crowds and other other audiences, if you will. Okay. Do you um, counsel at a particular church, or do you counsel at any church, or do you have a, a office in the Atlanta area? No, actually, I counsel virtually. Um, I find that to be the best way to do it, especially because every day is everybody's like touch and go, and they're running and running. So I definitely do that by Skype or um, iMeeting, or iMeet. I'm sorry. And so we we do counseling virtually, um, and then once a person is scheduled, we'll walk through the steps to how we counsel them and uh, our goals and, and things of that nature. Oh, that has to be very convenient and very good for those of us who don't really want to walk into a counseling agency or a church and let everybody know Absolutely. we got issues. That's good. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, it, what it does is, is because we do live in a technological age, the, the upside to that is in technology we have a, a, a place of, of security. So even when people go see counselors, they still kind of skeptic, and it kind of lowers walls down a little bit. So it's a safe place, especially when you're in the comfort of your own home or an area that you're comfortable with. It allows you to really, you know, just be a little bit more open, a little bit more confident, a little bit more courageous when it comes to the truth that comes from you. Okay. Um, as we spoke about earlier, I, I've, I've done my research, of course, and okay. I post in the um, event page today the, the five reasons to attend this show, but also to download your um, your free ebook, um, the seven key principles to empowered dating, and um, I want to go into the first principle and talk about that. And um, okay. just see exactly which direction you wanted to go in with that one. <clears throat> the first one I wanted to come to, of course, is the one that's about take ownership and take control. Are you speaking to the person who is desiring to date someone? Or are you speaking to the person who is um, seeking someone? It's kind of like a difference because some of them want somebody to come and other people are looking for. So I guess you can say to take ownership, take control, are you looking at it from the man's point of view, if the man is seeking a woman, or the woman's point of view, if she's seeking a man, or want to be sought out by a man? I'm talking to both, definitely both. Um, The reason why that is is because all too often in dating, uh, most people are picking up this book 
um, because they've had dating failures. They've had bad dating experiences and bad, you know, bad backgrounds. And some of them are serial, like over and over and over again. And this first principle of taking ownership and take control is really the, the foundation principle that allows someone to be empowered. Because I know people use the key phrase or a catchphrase of empowerment or whatever the case may be, but the idea of being empowered is that someone that can actually have control of their experience when dating or being dated, okay? And we're all actively out there, whether it be passively or aggressively. And so what happens is, is when someone takes ownership and take control, the first thing they have to understand um, that they have to take control and ownership of their past. They have to be accountable for their past. And the reason why that is is because it gives them an opportunity to see the mistakes that they've made, to be accountable for the mistakes that they made, and be accountable for the part that they played in the mess-up and in the failure. And because a lot of people, you know, we break up and we blame somebody else, but there is also a part that we play in it, whether it be we made the wrong decision to, uh, we decided on the wrong person themselves, or we made bad decisions within the relationship. Once we take ownership of our past, we can then take ownership of our present. Because once we, a lot of people go into a new issue or a new relationship blaming their past issues on someone else. And when you blame your past issues on someone else, you have the propensity to make the same mistakes blaming those mistakes on someone else. So the key is, is that when you begin to take that ownership and control, you will begin to make different decisions and, and act on those different decisions because now you own them because you realize what you could have done better in the past. And then you're going to have different experiences. Does that make sense? Oh, hello. I'm sorry, I did that again. Um, <laughs> have you ever encountered somebody? I, said, I already told you I agree with you. I understand what you were saying, but then I had another mm-hmm. question I wanted to ask you, but I had the mute button on because I was going through the other six principles, trying to line them up. Now I want you to hear me clicking. <laughs> oh, that's but, fine. Um, have you ever encountered somebody in your counseling sessions who was resistant to um, taking ownership? Absolutely. Absolutely. What happens is is that you find people who are resistant to taking ownership, and they're they're in a stage of it's it's, it's funny because if you follow me on um, Facebook, we've been talking about toxicity, and they're in a stage of being called the victim. Um, they're pulling the victim card consistently, and so they feel like that whatever was done to them was done to them. Now we're not talking about acute areas where someone's actually physically abused. That there's nothing you can do that well. To be safe, there's nothing you can do to warrant that kind of abuse outside of not running away as soon as possible, okay? But that's acute areas. And in regular areas with people that I've talked to, there are some people who are just reluctant to say, hey, um, I made the wrong decision when dealing with them, or, hey, I should have did this better, or, hey, maybe if I was less of this, then maybe I can – could have had not even a better relationship with them, but I could have had a more rewarding experience. You know what I mean? I find that people, it's really, really hard for people to get gut level honest with themselves and and carry the burden of the part that they play. And I, um, 
encounter that sometimes in my counseling sessions too, where people are just resistant to accept responsibility and take ownership of what they did or what they're not doing and always placing the blame. And I always tell them I, I totally understand that there's also other social factors in the environment that um, has an impact on a person, but that can't be the full reason why things are the way they are. And right. that's how it is in relationships. And I tell, you know, I run into a lot of men who have these tumultuous stories about their um, exes and their marriages and, and the other. And some of them are like, well, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And if somebody's this way, I'm not. I'm like, you're just really kicking out a whole bunch of people because they look like what happened with your ex. They smell like what happened with your ex. You know what I'm saying? You're you're just picking up senses. You're not picking up the real person. You're just sitting here filling through people and identifying, oh, that's a red flag. No, it's not a red flag at all. You just think it may be because it may lead to something that you thought that you was going to have forever, but it didn't last. So a lot of people are scarred um, so deep that it's really hard to chisel through all that. And um, in a dating world, it's really hard to deal with people like that because at some point you get tired of the struggle and you say, you know what, I'm straight. <laughs> Never mind. Right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Right, right, absolutely. I mean, what happens is hurt people hurt people, and so they're out there trying to avoid being hurt without taking the opportunity to um, acknowledge that they hurt. And and so when they don't acknowledge it, then they walk around with it trying to shield it. It's like somebody, you know, who just got burned walking around in the kitchen trying to shield their arm from being burned, but they can't never cook. Because they, I won't go near that store ever again. I just won't do it. But if they give themselves time to heal, but and that's one of the biggest mistakes, especially men make, by not acknowledging that. Because of course, obviously, emotions are weak, and so being hurt means that I was vulnerable and that I've been, I'm a weak person. You know, that's what goes through men's mind, which is far from the truth. Well, let's 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 mosey on to the second principle, admitting a thirst. What does that mean? Because I I have a thought of what that means, but I don't hear what you say it means. Admitting a thirst is oh my gosh, it is so exciting because whenever I have that conversation, the first thing that people say is I ain't thirsty. <laughs> That's the first That's thing that I people thought say. It was. Okay. Right, but here's the thing. The thing is, is that we have to admit that we thirst. And what I mean by that is that we are made, we are created with the propensity to want or the desire to, the desire for relationships. Okay. For fulfillment. And right. so, huh? I said for fulfillment. You know. Right, right, right. I mean that that's how we're, that's how we're created. It's in our genes. It's in our um. It's in our cellular structure. It's, it's part of our mindset. It's part of our mentality. It's part of our chemistry and biology. So not just emotional fulfillment, but we are made to bond with one another. And what happens is, is that a lot. What happens is, is that we have a lot of people who um, have again been hurt, and so they have set aside that need to say that I don't need nobody, whilst while contradicting themselves and still looking for somebody. And that what that does when they don't admit that they, that they do need, and I'll explain need in a minute, when they don't admit that they do need somebody or do desire somebody and then contradict that, they open up all kinds of doors to being hurt again. 
because they come across callous, and people would treat them like that. They come, they, they um, self sabotage their own relationships because they want to. They, they they're trying to be strong and protect that vulnerable part of them that's been hurt already. When in actuality, with how you protect it is by understanding it. I do have a need for other people, and because I do have a need for relationship, I must protect this at all costs. I must not permit myself to be in relationship with the wrong person. And then that creates a, con- a conscious awareness of, of how you're conducting your relationship or how you're conducting your dating experiences. Which leads into the why, number three. And I like this one. Um, I actually read this one first. I guess I wanted to see what the why was. But I like how um, <laughs> and it, it is, and it's so important. I wish I could um, – I wish I, I forget. I don't know. I wish I could like put somewhere in like the whole online dating thing, because you have some mm-hmm. great. Well, you have four goals on here. You know, what's the when you're meeting somebody, what's your goal? What's your, what's your purpose? To have fun, let your hair down, to just be you know a non-committed experience, have a long-term relationship, partnership, or to get married. And I think a lot of right. that stuff is pushed under the rug. A lot of people say, well, I, you know, you got to be friends first. Duh, everybody knows that. That's elementary. You know, you start that elementary, just how you develop relationships in elementary. Right. You know, meeting people, who do you like, who don't you like, who's mean, who's nice. You start that in elementary. So as you go through adulthood, you definitely know what it is that you want. So trying to figure out where to start at is everybody's tricky point because everybody want to start at the friend. To me, the friend zone is seeing how far you can get. What you know, what, what kind of person I am? Am I a freak off the rip? Am I a freak? Period. Right. Am I gonna give it up now? Am I gonna make you wait a hundred days or whatever it is? That's the whole friend zone to me. Um, if you're looking for a relationship, that's what you're looking for. Everything else falls into place as you build onto that relationship. So those who say they just want a friendship or this that and the other, you know, I got enough friends. I've been at making friends for decades. So if I'm, in, if I'm in a dating pool looking for somebody to date, I'm not looking for a friend. We'll develop a friendship as we get to know each other, as we fill each other out, as we hold each other up when the other one is not able to, as we um, <clears throat> walk on that dating with a purpose path and decide this is what we're going to do. So we start making adjustments. We start making changes. We start bringing things together. We start um, going through the whole thing of um, – intertwining families or introducing one another and things like that. That's what you do in a dating thing. Friendship is just a friendship. Mm-hmm. Now, if right. you want to call it a Absolutely. cup buddy, you know, call it a cup buddy. It's okay. People like that topic. I mean, that, that title sometimes. But you can't make somebody who's looking for a relationship into a cup buddy when that's not what they want based on false stuff that you're saying to them. You can't say, hey, I want to get married, but your whole initial intention is just to be a friend. Right, absolutely, absolutely, and and what happens is I think what what most people do is they go into first they go into dating they they get out there and start dating. Remember when we were adolescents, like fourteen, fifteen years old, puberty hit, and all of a sudden the opposite sex just looked delicious, and we wanted to find, figure out what is going on with that, and so our goal, our entire goal was to get a date. The problem is that we matured and grew up with an adolescent mindset about dating, making dating the goal rather than the process. And dating is a process. 
And so when dating is a process, then there's a process to a particular goal. And what I'm finding is that a lot of people are inside this process and assuming that everybody else knows their goal. Now, when you, can, when you have a conversation, you sit down at the table and say, hey, listen, um, I am, or this is, this is kind of how I, my conversations went before I was married. Hey, listen, I, you know what? I'm a, I'm a husband at heart. This is, that's, I'm just that kind of guy. I love family. I love that kind of thing. And so, you know, we're kicking it, and I appreciate you taking time with me because, I, you know, I am kind of open to uh, a deeper relationship. And then I listen to that response, and then I ask the same. If, and by having a goal, once you realize by direct questioning that that person is not looking for the same thing, you can actually eliminate them in the process. It's a quickness. But then there are those who lie. And those who will lie, you watch them in the process. Right. And then you eliminate them down the way. Right. It's just that simple. And then, you know, I don't, I don't this is why I don't understand the, well, let me talk to you. Why are you tripping? Huh? Why am I? There's no tripping. You've just been lying, and it's just over. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's for the best, because if I feel that you're lying now over something simple, decades, years to come, it's going to get worse. It is, Because you started yes. off lying. So who's to say that you're not going to keep lying? Who's to say this was an isolated incident? I understand right. mistakes happen, but they shouldn't happen right off the back. Right. You know, Absolutely. Funny, Kenya, let me tell you about this. I've, I've met some um, <laughs> married men on a site, on some online dating sites, and um, once it was revealed that they were they were married, I had I talked to them. We had like a counseling session, and I just said, you know, you, you're making things worse. If she ever finds out, you're going to make things so much worse and ruin so many things. And I just talked to them. They were like, well, I'm, I can't believe you really care. I said, this yeah, you can get hurt. Hey, do you watch Snaps? Do you watch Fatal Attraction? People are killing people behind hurt feelings. Absolutely. Don't get caught up in that. You know what I'm saying? Don't make your wife happy and sad at the same time. Sad because you're dead and happy because she gets your life insurance money. <laughs> right. <laughs> do that. You know that. what I'm saying? Hey, just, keep it, just keep it 100. Some chicks would be cool with dating a married man. Just let them know you're married. Absolutely. Inspect their gadget stuff and find out later, or, or all the sign leads married, and they start flipping out, and you're going to be mad when she pops up at your house or your job or at your daughter's fifth birthday party. Right, right. And then maybe the, the wife, you know, then you have the wife to deal with as well. And, it's and such then the kids are looking um, like, what's going on? Right, exactly. Exactly. And so it's a, it's, it, that's a very, very, very dangerous proposition. For, for men to do that But if that's their goal And here's the thing too When it comes to A quote unquote dating goal um, Even if they're dating You know looking for infidelity Or someone to accommodate their infidelity They got to understand It's basically what you were saying That their experience is going to be equivalent To the goal that they set for themselves mm-hmm. So When you set up an opportunity for infidelity Then Eventually, as you continue to um, repeat, become a repeat offender, and you never repent from that or turn away from that or turn around from that, what eventually happens is that infidelity exposes itself. It always does. And that becomes part of your experience. 
and you know you got to be ready for that. So whatever your dating goal is, be be very mindful, um, all the way out to the nth degree, what the what the final experience can be. Exactly. So number four key principle is the ideal match list. Yes, the ideal okay. match list. Now I'm a Tom. Go ahead. So let's talk about this list. Go ahead. I'm listening. Now this ideal match list. Uh, I'll tell you this, the history behind that is this is the first thing that I did. The first thing I did when I was, um, because I was previously divorced, when I said I lost everything, the first thing I did was when I began to um, go go through a process of restoration, if you will, I began to build what my ideal match would look like to the nth degree. I was very specific on everything, and the things that I didn't know, the things I weren't aware of based upon, you know, because I wasn't really out there dating, but if I was to date someone and I come across something that I like or did not like, I add it to that list. The dynamic match list is a, or, or the, um, I'm sorry, the ideal match list is a dynamic and organic list. It continues to grow. It continues to change as you do, as you grow and as you change. And it's very, very important. The problem is, is that what I'm finding out is that men, can be really picky, like you said earlier, and for a lot of the wrong reasons because their ego and pride is damaged. Um, but at the same time, women are encouraged not to be as picky and not to have those standards and, and to settle for whatever is um, uh, whatever is opportune at the time. And that's not what I recommend because you can never be happy. Resentment builds in that in, in that life. Resentment builds in that area. And when resentment builds, toxicity builds. And your relationship right. eventually ends up being destroyed. Kenya, let me ask you this. Is it um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> 100% wrong? I know it's, it's concerning to use that ideal match list um, based off of a previous relationship. What I mean by that, for example, let's say um, a young lady dates her husband's horrible. Um, mm-hmm. The next guy she dates, he's not that good. You know, little issues with him. So the next guy that she dates, she begins a relationship with, and everything is fine. They end up breaking up. So the next mm-hmm. guy she dates. She's like, okay, um, but the last guy raised the bar. I mean, he did mm-hmm. things that made me feel like, you know, 100% woman. There was never an issue with this, that, and the other, you know. So is it wrong to look for that in another person based off of a failed relationship of a person that you dated previously? Not if it's objective. What I mean by that is that you got to be very careful whether it's subjective, whether you still fill in the previous person. Because if you're still looking for the love of the previous person, then you're really looking for them and not some of the things that you like about them. If you were very objective, like I liked that they opened the door for me. I liked that they were gentlemen. I liked that they um, that they texted me um, and let me know where they were. I like their accountability. Now, those are objective things that we can say, this is what I look for in a male. But if you're saying, I like um, that he kissed that particular way, and 
he held me his own particular way, then what you're looking at is being back in his particular arms intimately. And that's that's where you have to draw the line. So you gotta be very, very careful. Really careful with that. You gotta be able to learn this is why you don't move on without healing as well. You can't just jump from one relationship to another without actually purging the previous person, if you will. And that's very important to do because if you don't, then you're still kind of in a relationship with them depending on how long you spent time with them, in your head anyway, in your mind. And you'll continue to try to interact with them through somebody else, if that makes sense. Very valid point, which leads into the ideal me list. Yes. The ideal me list is very important because if we left it at the ideal um, ideal mate list or ideal match list, then it, we would think it's all about us. It's all about what I want. The problem is is that people have people who do have pine people usually have pie in the sky expectations, whether they admit it or not, whether they've written them down or not. They have these expectations of what they want, like a consumer. Like, I'm going to go buy this box of man, or I'm going to buy this can of woman, and I want to get everything that it says on the label to get. But they never realize that they're also on the shelf. So what happens is, is that they go out there and try to get something in particular, and it rejects them. Or they can't seem to find it. They can't seem to find the aisle in the grocery store for that particular thing. The reason why is because of who they are. When we when we sit back and we start to realize that what I want, I'm not in a position to get, then we start realizing the mistakes that we've made and the mentality in which we were in and how we made those mistakes. One of the biggest things I've learned in my own personal life is when I became a better quality of man, I attracted a better quality of woman. When I decided to go for higher thoughts and higher um, higher interests, then I was in positions to attract that better quality of woman with higher thoughts and higher interests. So when we sit back and we say, I want someone who is just drop-dead gorgeous, and you, you imagine their body specifications or whatever, well, then you also got to be in preparation to eat like they do. You got to be in preparation to exercise like they do to be focused on the same health interests that they're focused in, can you handle that? And possibly, depending if, they're, if their gorgeousness gives them a some sort of uh, job classification, you got to be able to deal with that in case they're a model or someone in the entertainment, entertainment industry. You've got to position your mind in order to deal with those things. Then you'll really kind of find out what you can deal with too, what you have the propensity for, and where you're hurt, where your insecurities lie. I hope that all makes sense. So the, ideal needless, <laughs> so the ideal needless is looking at the ideal match list saying, this is the person I want. Am I the person that they want? And then going from there. Okay. Number six is the pray, print, and postage. Yes. Now, this is weird. Because I start off the book saying that, listen, I don't do affirmations. I don't do name it and claim it because if, 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 you were to get some, if you were to keep getting saved out of messes easily, then you'll never change to stop getting in messes. So I try to stay away from that. But then I turned around and said, well, print it, post it, and pray over it. What did that mean? For me, 
it was a psychological help. It was something that I had tangible. So at the end, at the end of each chapter in the book, you're filling out, you're filling out some information. You're filling in. You're doing homework. And especially mm-hmm. the ideal match and ideal mate list, or ideal match and ideal me list, which I actually have. What you do is you print all of this out. This is your book. This is your journal. This is your step-by-step dating uh, dating um, exercise. This is all you. And so I took it. I printed it out. I printed out two copies, one copy to have with me. So I could, you know, I knew what I liked, but I like to commit stuff to memory a little bit at least so that I know, so I can make sure, you know, when I'm out there, I like to disqualify and to unqualify to keep it moving. That's how I am. You know, stay friends, not to be mean, but, you know. But I took one, and I remember back in the day, they had this thing called poor man's copyright. It wasn't really real, but, you know, they said it was. And so they said if you took something and you mailed it, you, because you wrote it, and you mailed it because it had a government stamp on it, that would be considered a copyright. And when it came back to you, just don't open it. Well, I used that, knowing that the poor man's copyright wasn't real, but I, I took it, folded it up. I prayed to God exactly what I had on that paper. Lord God, this is who I am. This is what I, I'm asking for, but you be the guide of this. You help me grow, uh, so on and so forth. Fold it up, put it in the um, envelope, sent it out, and when I received it, I didn't open it, but it felt like I received something from the future or something from the past. It felt like um, like the past me sent my old, my future me sent my past me something to help me make better decisions. It was like the Declaration of Independence. I was free from who I was. And so it, it presented something to me that was tangible. Sometimes for a psychological, something to psychologically click, that we're new, that we're going in new directions. We need something tangible. We need a steering wheel. And that's basically what that letter was. It was just something that I could hold on to that let me know this is real. It was stamped. I received it from me. This is it. So that's kind of all that was. Okay. Also, you know, just as number, I mean, key principle number three was um, highlighted to me. So was key principle number seven. Because in my sessions, when we're – Getting to the end of our, how can I say this? <laughs> when the uh, the the Medicaid is about to run out <laughs> and the insurance mm-hmm. about to end, when we're about to end mm-hmm. our sessions, <laughs> I like to revisit and you know go over some type of other triggers that may be present, how to cope with those things too. So I like this principle as well, but I want you to talk about the seventh principle, which is revisit and revise. Yes, ma'am. See, here's the thing about this whole process. It's not a once-and-done process. It's not an immediate answer. I think we're all too eager to get immediate answers for for our issues, and it's not. Just like we had to grow from children to adolescents to adults, we also have to grow in in the way that we date because we've been doing the same thing for so long. It's a habit, and we have to break that. So as we go through, and we have all these things, and we're putting them in practice, and we're out there dating. We're interacting with people, see, um, and, and we're in relationships and having friendships and all that kind of stuff. We need to be open enough to understand that we grow. So all revisit and revise means that it's acknowledging that your list is an organic and dynamic list. It changes because you're changing. You're growing. You're, you're becoming a better person, and as you become a better person, you add and subtract on the list. 
when you find out something that you like, oh, man, I never knew that existed. I never knew that that flavor of person existed. I never knew, you know, that could happen. You could add it. If you run across somebody who is totally, that you're totally um, opposed, like, oh, my God, I didn't know that kind of attitude was out there, then you just add that to the list as something that's going to be a deal breaker or something of that nature. Um, So what this is is being conscious of who you are in the dating world at all times and being willing to make some changes. Because let's be honest, we're not going to find a perfect person, but this list is a guide. And and because we're not perfect people, we sometimes we don't even know what we want. So we're constantly revising and changing this list in order to say, okay, this is what I want, which actually reflects who you are then at the present. I, I was thinking. I want. I have you on. Okay. I was trying to think about what okay. principle the first was. That's, that's principle number two, right? I think it's uh, principle two. And the first. I think it's principle number two. Uh-huh. Okay. In the whole dating world, especially as you get older, and it's kind of, I don't want to say the thirst is, is on a different level, but it seems a lot of people try to not so much settle but say, you know, that ain't that important. You know, his height ain't that important. You know, you know his weight ain't uh-huh. that bad. You know, she don't look that bad. <laughs> right, right. You think that's more so um, loneliness, or do you think that's just maturity in relationships, or maturity in a person to see outside of cosmetic stuff? It's both. It's both. It's and what I mean by that, that some of us have hardline things that we just desire. For instance, some people don't. Some people desire not to um, date outside their culture or race, and that's something that that they're not willing to settle for. Um, and so, if they if they did do that, from the standpoint of look, I'm tired of these guys. I'm gonna go over here to these guys without actually understanding what another culture is, then they really haven't taken the time. They're, they're basically on their way to settling for whatever comes their way. But if it's someone who grew into understanding, you know what, I need to open my boundaries mentally and emotionally, and, you know, we're all human. You know, people who go, go through that, and this is just an example, um, not to say either or that, but what I'm saying is a level of maturity can bring them to the position of saying it's okay to date outside of their race. And the people do the same thing with aesthetics, with their with bodies, with uh, light skin, dark skin, all that type of stuff. I mean, I think we do come in, as we get older, we come into a position of becoming more mature. And the reason why is, is because, you know, as we get older, our bodies begin to change in ways that we have to recognize that other people are going to have to warn as well. And, you know, so... Nobody wants someone they don't want to wake up next to in, in the next morning, but um, we can change aesthetics because, you know, it's to each his own. So I think I think he has both. It's all about the motive behind it. Sometimes people are just, you know, listen, I just need somebody. <laughs> I, just need, I just need somebody here. And sometimes people say, you know, that's a quality individual. That's a quality man. That's a quality woman. 
and I think that they deserve my time and effort, and I'm, that's what makes them beautiful. So that's kind of what I think. <laughs> <laughs> all right now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you just went through all that just like that. But at any rate, I, I think all that you have provided, and I've shared it on Facebook as well and in the event um, invite page, and on the official Prices Minds group and fan page. So hopefully everyone will go to your page and download this um, e-book and read it. It's, it's very interesting, and it's very good for those who are in the dating process now. Um, just some, It's not telling you how to date. It's just some key principles to pay attention to and to um, utilize as needed. Um, like I said, the Prices Minds is here to provide you things that you may not otherwise be able to obtain without a hefty fee or your insurance being billed. So this is what we're bringing you today, Mr. Martin and myself. Um, Kenyon, please let everyone know how they can find you um, once we return from this commercial. So get all your little social media um, spills together, and we're going to take a break <laughs> to do commercial. What is foot? Well, I don't know how many it is. I'm trying to find all that we have on here. But, yeah, we're going to take a brief commercial break while you gather all of your priceless um, social media information to give out once we return. Sure, absolutely. All righty. You're listening to The Priceless Mind Show. I'm your host, Sherry P. We'll be back after this commercial break. Anthony Collins' upcoming book, Life is Outstanding, will show the world how positive thoughts can change anyone's life. Anthony believes that aggressively demanding change will strengthen our communities, which will give our kids a chance to live productive lives. Visit www.anthonydcollins.com for information about his book due to release January 2014. Yes, it's finally here. It's official. Signed with Universal, Miss Renetta Mays with You Got Me Open. Live from Flame Studios, Vibration Radio, Taylor Kennedy Media, and of course, YourRadioNetwork.com. Buy that, cop that. Hell, I don't care if you burn that, but just support that. Miss Renetta Mays, you got me open. creative work of the author Trent Williams of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, Take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2. 
and Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. All right, thank you, and welcome back to the Prices Mind Show. Again, I'm your host, Sherry P., and I have my special guest, Kenyon Martin, Relationship Counselor, and he's going to let you guys know how to find him and follow him. Awesome. You're on Periscope also, aren't you? Absolutely. At Kenyon D. Martin. uh, I'm sorry, at Kenyon D. Martin. We're on Periscope. Absolutely. We um we do periscopes almost every day at four PM. We do what's called a four PM hit and run. My wife is on there as well. She's with me. She's an integral part of the whole what we what we put together. And um we come back again at nine o'clock, except on Wednesdays. Wednesdays we don't come back on nine o'clock because we defer to some other periscopers that we like. So yes, okay. ma'am. And then um at Kenyon D. Martin is also our Twitter handle. Um it, it all started out with me and then I just said, Come on, get in girl and she got in with me and we got a chance to roll. So <laughs> I was excited about that. Okay. And uh uh-huh. I said, Okay, I'm just writing all this down <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And then uh again we live at empowercouples.org. dot org. That's where we live on the internet, empowercouples.org. dot org. And that's where we put um we um we distill a lot of our videos from Periscope and we put them right on there. Um they're on YouTube as well. If you look me up at Kenyon D. Martin, got some crazy stuff on there. So, um, so you you'll be able to catch some of our previous periscopes and things of that nature, like about Boaz and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you'll be able to catch awesome. us up right no, there. I'm I'm a little behind. You know how people have the iPhone six now. I'm one of those ones who still have the iPhone iPhone what one. Although I'm, I don't have an iPhone just. <laughs> Example, I'm, you know, everybody's about Periscope. I'm just now getting the hip to what Periscope is. I'm like, oh, for real? Oh, let me check it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, a little bit delayed like that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if you got, even on computer, or we try to post it on Facebook, but even on computer, if you went to periscope.tv forward slash Kenyon D. Martin, you'll be able to see whatever's up there right now. And, and they usually stay up there for 24 hours, then they disappear. And we did one at 4 o'clock today. So you'll be able to see whatever's up there right now. Okay, I just wrote that down. Thank you for that. My pleasure. Kenyon, at the end of the show, I always want our guests to give out some surprises from today's topic that the listeners can benefit from in the future. What would you like the listeners and the view, well, listeners to um to get from um, the topic in our discussion today, tonight on the show? Well, like your final thoughts type of Gotcha. My final thoughts is this, date with purpose. And I know that's overused, and I know that's kind of one of those things where people say it. But when I say that, I truly, absolutely mean it. Know what you want before you get out there. Know what you desire. Know who you desire. And know who who that know who you desire, if they may desire you, and work from that premise. That's what I would recommend. And disqualify the unqualified. As easy as they come, the easy they can go. You got that right. (laughs) (laughs) 
house clean. <laughs> well, oh, okay, Thank I'm you. on Empowered Couples now looking at the website. Okay, I see, I see. Well, Keen, I wanted to um, go ahead and break the news for the April 27th show that you will okay. be returning. You will be returning with who? My wife, that's a car, Martin. Yes, it's going to be awesome. And hopefully we'll be able to discuss the toxic relationship posts that you guys have been um, posting. And also, the guy you have posted, um, or what's that? I think it's your wife, the difference between supporting your man and mothering your man. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that we put that in the video. I, I think we got that in video form. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I but, think I uh, saw that. should be up there. Yeah. So, yeah, with this, you know, with Mother's Day coming up, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I think so, yeah, we'll, we'll speak more on how we're going to spend the topic. And, you know, I just want everyone to look forward to Mr. and Mrs. Martin returning on April 27th at 9 p.m. on his Parsons Mind Show. So until then, Mr. Martin, I thank you for being on the show, and I will be in contact with you and the Mrs. very soon. It was an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. We have come to the end of the Prices Mind Show, and my final thought for the evening is this. Although entertainment is entertainment, nobody wants to be entertained by somebody else's demise. Be careful who you encounter and who you interact with, and make sure that you are being 100% genuine. You never know what wrong roads you may cross with someone who has been totally broken and have not been able to heal. Be mindful, be prayerful, and as always, be priceless. Tune in next Wednesday, April 27th, to hear our returning special guest, Mr. Kenyon Martin and his wife, Takara Martin, as we talk about toxic relationships and supporting your man and not mother your man. There is a difference. Ladies and gentlemen, please be aware. Until then, we'll check you out later. Have a great evening.